This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 41 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Andy. And I'm Eddie. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Mr. Pat. Sir. Good sir. <laughs> I'm excited. God, we've had a lot of shenanigans leading up to Too actually starting this episode. It took a long time for us to get to this point. It but, took such a long time. But we're here time. for our, our li- listeners and friends, and <laughs> we're here. It takes us a while. Remember that one time, that one day we were trying to record, it must have been like episode 16 or something, and it took mm-hmm. us like three hours to get going, <laughs> and then we just got so worn down and hungry, we're like, okay, let's break for pizza. We, it's like the episode that just would not be good. We just started eating pizza right in the middle of the show, didn't we? Did. We? we literally <laughs> we did. We took a pizza break. It's like, we'll be right back. And through the magic of technology... We no were. Time. It was instantaneous. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we're uh, we're recording uh, at Casa de Eddie right now, mm. and, and we were looking out the window on this cold, dreary, dismal, gray day, and we were talking about how squatchy uh, the woods back there look. Looks like a good day for werewolves, Bigfoot, maybe a gnome or two. Yeah, they be uh, have the that wet, matted fur as so they gross. <laughs> they chase you around the woods. Smell like a bag of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Foraging for turkey scraps that we threw out. Right. Oh, yeah, yesterday yeah. we're recording the day after Thanksgiving, so so it's Black Friday and and uh, it's it's black outside. It's yeah, and we're all in our elastic waistband pants today. The, the loose pants. Still wearing those pants. The fat pants. We'll <laughs> just call it for what it is. My, <laughs> the, the fat pants. My belt was screaming at me yesterday. It was like, no, take me off. <laughs> Sweatpants on. But we're here. We have. Uh, a little bit of a food coma going, but we'll shake that off. And uh, as always, we'll jump into... <laughs> Eddie looks like he has heartburn right now. Okay, no, bro? Uh, he I... just burped up some uh, <laughs> stuffing. I was just <laughs> fighting off a heart attack from eating too much food. I'll be good. <laughs> anyway, we'll jump into... Even if we need to resuscitate Eddie, we'll uh, jump into recent sightings. Actually, you're on this one, Eddie, for recent, and it's a good one. Yeah, no, I'm up. So here we go. Here, here we go. We go. Recent sightings. It doesn't get more recent than this. This is fresh. It sounds like it is recent. Was it yesterday or the day before? If this were, this is like an SAT test. If you were in the store looking for, like, say, produce, and you were on the list of for your groceries was bananas. 4011. That was the PLU code, Pat. That's the, that's Look at that. SKU for bananas. <laughs> Pat knows. I worked in a grocery store for a time. So you're looking for some 4011s? <laughs> he has a 411 on the 4011 <laughs> Well done. Anybody out there ringing up produce, keep this in mind. Because they're universal, right? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, because yeah, Daphne yeah, yeah. worked at a grocery store, and she said that they were all they all translated. Yeah. So you're looking for some bananas. This is so recent. If this was a banana, it'd be green. It'd be a green 
Still ripe. <laughs> Crusty, crunchy. Not, not ripe. Not yeah. ripe at all. Not, not quite ripe. ripe. Not even ripe. It's so Brand fresh. spanking new. And it has to do with your youngest daughter. It does. My youngest daughter. So we'll withhold names sure, that's and all right. that stuff. But she was staying the night at a friend's house. And, you know, we've talked about this and, you know, our families are called kind of all into the paranormal stuff as well. And what happens when two like preteen girls get together and are kind of not bored, but looking for things to do. Mm-hmm. They made their own Ouija board. Nice. Naturally. <laughs> Intrepid young youths. <laughs> like, we can't let the lack of money or transportation stop us from summoning demons. We're going to get a piece of paper, a marker and a piece of glass. And draw a Ouija board. Go back to school next week. How was your Thanksgiving break? <laughs> what I did oh, on my I Thanksgiving break. I talked to the dead. Exactly. <laughs> and so she was uh, very cognizant to be like, Dad, we cleared the room first. Don't worry. We made sure the room was clear. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. And well, for those of you who are new to this, it doesn't mean they moved the furniture out of the room. Exactly. They cleansed it in yes, some form. Exactly. Right? They kind of vocalized like, you know, we only want to talk to... But I wonder how good of a job they did because... <laughs> if it's anything like cleaning a room... <laughs> exactly. They just shoved it all in a closet. And so I asked her how she made it. And she was like, with a piece of paper. And then they made like the planchette out of like cardboard. And they used clear tape, like packing tape, okay. that they put over it like a little window. Right. And then they would slide it around this this makeshift Ouija board. And so, <laughs> I know. Pat's like, you're a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> and so they start like using this thing, and she's like, it's sliding around, it's doing its thing, and, I, and she's telling us as to how she can tell no one's moving it because it's kind of doing some stuff on its own. And she, they asked... They were getting some responses to this, like yes, no stuff. And then at one point, one of them, I forget whether it was uh, her or her friend, asked, well, what what's your name? And this thing spells out Z-O-Z-O. Zozo? Zozo. That's like creepy. Bozo? Like That's, Bozo. Bozo the clown. All Zs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zozo. And so I looked this up just out of pure curiosity, because like, A, did these kids make it up? Whatever. But it's apparently some form of demon? <laughs> nice. Oh, no. And you got to love the creepy. internet, right? Exactly. <laughs> and there is some like debate like cuz there's like this thing like the name got brought up on a web blog a few years ago and all this stuff. But it basically is your classic kind of like like they say, "Oh, if you if you invoke this thing, you'll have like near near miss death experiences and all this nasty stuff so my my point to her was like i'm hoping you like you know said goodbye and did all that stuff and she's like yeah we did but i'm like these are like little kids that they didn't even close the portal close, close the, portal. the portal man <laughs> <laughs> don't look into the trap <laughs> i looked into the trap cross the streams don't cross the streams so that was the most recent thing. And yeah, you know, once again, I think, and this is my own personal experience, I think like attracts like. I think if you're in a dark place and a dark mentality and have dark, you know, stuff happening around you, that's just going to kind of invite more of that. But if you're basically in a mindset of like, no, we're, you know, there's not, nothing that, uh, that we don't want here can be here, I think that that's its best. Yeah. Your best line of defense. I mean, the Ouija board is something I've always kind of steered clear from because of its kind of dark 
reputation, right? But uh, but you kind of you kind of shy away from from the belief of that sort of thing, don't you, Andy? You know, I I talk to spirits all the time as part of my day job, and and uh, I have a Ouija board. It's in my basement next to the other board games. It's right underneath Twister and Battleship. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, and Battleship Ouija. You should combine, them, you should combine <laughs> them all together. <laughs> Twister ship Ouija. And just, you sunk my demon. <laughs> you sunk my Zozo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I've tried it a time or two uh, with, with uh, little to no results. And I'm just not a fan of them more than anything just because, you know, when I get back home from doing this type of thing during the day, talking to spirits, I don't really want to, you know, do that. For fun, I'm right? Like, it's yeah. like if you if you work at Starbucks all day, you don't really want to come home and make more coffee, yeah, right? I, I work on computers all day, and you, you know I haven't used my home computer in probably two months. Exactly, right? right. No, but I, I was recently uh, chatting with somebody who was like, "Oh man, why don't you throw that thing out?" And I'm like, "A, it doesn't. It's not bothering me in the basement, right? And B, if there is any credit to the people who have weird experiences with them, I don't want to throw it away and then like find it on my dining room table the next day on fire. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, like, <laughs> it's good. It's not bothering me. It came I'll back leave and found you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So Zozo. That's the thing. Uh, and there's some stuff online like missing. Your your classic like mischievous like. Like demon or whatever it's you your, want to say. It's your garden variety evil spirit. Basically, yes. <laughs> and and it's just one of those things that like you know you get you get into like you know urban myth and all sorts of stuff like that. But it's it doesn't sound like there's anything particularly like um, I don't want to sound like you know dismissive like ooh, but I, but I think it is important to dismiss stuff like that because then you give it power if you give too much <clears throat> well, too you- much uh, credit to it. You could always bank on the the hope that maybe one of the two girls subconsciously knew that it was a thing. That's what I'm and almost subconsciously <laughs> maybe steered the planchette towards the Z-O-Z-O. Or even know. consciously. You or know or what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're preteens. You yeah. Know, it's like, ooh, you know, so, yeah. Sounds like it was the MacGyver of Ouija boards, though. <laughs> they did. I have to, like, I was, I, I wanted to congratulate her or, or like, like, give her uh, props yeah. on the creativity. Set. Exactly. She's like, we got to do this now. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Just zooming in. <laughs> writes all the letters. Song. Oh, dude. So um, Pat, you said you never, you never used one ever? Uh, we, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've had one. Uh, I think my sister got one when we were growing up mm. at one time. We were, uh, we were probably middle school, high school age. Um, and we used it a couple times, but I don't really remember anything significant about it. Sure. When we used it. And, yeah. You know, it was something that never really, I don't know, motivated us to keep using it. So, right. you know, I don't think we really experienced much. Yeah. Mm. I'm so. just thinking. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like if they like disassembled a Fruit Loops box and just used one of the little O's as the planchette or yes. something. Like that. I was like, how, you, you could literally make a Ouija board out of anything. Yes. I mean, you really could just take a sheet of paper yeah. and, and you, you do all the letters and create your own planchette. And the yes, no, and yeah, it's thing. not it's not the device. It's you. That's yeah, the big the, the big takeaway. But yeah, we have used one uh, to 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 great effect. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> but. But it's it, uh, someone described it to me, and I can see it happening. Where it's almost like ghost hunting. Like we 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 went ghost hunting, and we had an experience. But the thing is also like, what does that really mean for you ultimately? It's like, is your life any better for it? No, not not necessarily. It was neat. It was a cool experience. But like, I don't have more money in the bank. You know, I'm not able to like you know do anything extra. You know, I think it's one of those things that you you could end up like spending your life 
chasing after and then it wouldn't you'd have nothing to show for it at the end well didn't you say in a previous episode at one time you you started to kind of consult a board of some kind a little too much and you're like okay i need to cut myself off because this is just it's on my mind too much it's kind of yeah. uh it was kind of a, a similar thing where shireen was doing it when she yeah. was a kid and it, and it told her to quit using it which was i thought was interesting yeah. <laughs> and then for me uh, from my mindset it was like i was the thing is before you know it, hours have gone by and you're sitting here like I've been using this thing for three, four hours. And at the end I have nothing to show for this. I don't have any, you know, like, so it's, it's a weird thing where I think it's a, it's a distraction where we live in this world now. Let's experience that, you know? So, yeah. All right. So Zozo, I say no, 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 no to Zozo. (laughs) Be gone. Zozo. You're not welcome here. Not around paranormal dads or their children or their listeners. It's time for pop, culture, and the paranormal. All right, pop culture and the paranormal. And I got a good one today. I'm kind of proud of this one that I that I rounded up. And I don't know why I can't take pride in something that I didn't create. But this is from Ranker.com and uh alien movies not, not just specific specifically the movie alien or right. aliens but extraterrestrial related movies mm-hmm. uh ranked on here and we got i mean just a plethora of good aliens bad aliens scary aliens you know, little kids movies everything yeah they kind of cover the gamut with uh it spans the spectrum there's I'm, good there's bad just it, like people. If yeah. they don't mention cocoon that list is trash i haven't <laughs> seen it on here yet <laughs> Eddie's blood pressure just went up. <laughs> Who doesn't like a movie where weird aliens live in a pool and then it makes like super old people young again? I've never seen it. I, I've I, never seen that movie. I just saw it a couple years ago. If it makes you feel any better, I think it took place in Florida, right? Like a Florida retirement. It did home. retirement home. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's got Steve Gutenberg in it, man. The Goots. <laughs> the Goots. Was he Police Academy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Three Men and a Baby. Right. Come correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one is Alien. Number two is Aliens. That's cheating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know. James Cameron yep. films. I can't, I'm trying to think what movie James Cameron just came out with not too long ago. Was it the Termin- the latest Terminator he was working on? I think so. Because I caught wind of a movie he had just made or produced or directed or whatever, and I was like, Jimmy. I was like, James, man, get back to Avatar. I'm waiting yeah, for right? Avatar 2 Why are you doing out. anything but that? I've been waiting a decade for Avatar 2. That, By the way, we earlier we were talking about the, the new Disney channel. Avatar's on it. Oh, love so me some Avatar, Disney man. Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. By the um, way, if you haven't got seen the uh, the new Disney Plus channel, <laughs> I got to do this. Mandalorian is probably the best bit of television I've seen in probably twenty years. See, it's awesome. that good, and that's coming from the quintessential <laughs> Star Wars fan in our lives. And it's a Star Wars kind of spinoff. It's a Star side Wars spinoff. Story. It's kind of like a Boba Fett type character. Yeah, okay. it's set like seven years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a lawless time in the galaxy. And yes, it's, it's awesome. It's a it's kind of like a western too. Have you noticed? It is very kind of a western, lone gunman kind of feel yeah. to it. So anyway, that's and, our and you were saying Disney Plus is like seven bucks a month. Huh? Yeah, every Disney thing ever made basically. Pretty, Pretty much. much. Cool. I will have to look that up. Yep. Goofy movie. Goofy movie. Goofy movie's good. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is, and it's all mid nineties. Yes, and it's there. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> Yours. <laughs> So number three, uh, Predator. Ooh, you know, and they had the Alien and the Predator movie. You know, yep. talking, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
1987, uh, directed by McTiernan. He covers um, himself in mud. Do it! Kill me now! Do it! What are you waiting for? <laughs> but the aliens in that the were like kind of those... Oh, hold on. There's my alarm. Wake up. <laughs> Time to wake up. This episode's Time to podcast. Um, no, Predator it had those like kind of long dreadlocked aliens with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the weird mouth that with almost looked like... the crab looking like... Yeah. yeah. But then didn't it also have the alien, or, or was it one of the military guys that was like translucent see-through? That's what was his camouflage, the alien, well, the Predator, in, in the alien Predator in Predator had this uh, camo that would like make it like seem like it was see-through, but it had like yeah. a shimmery effect. You could kind of see where it was. Yeah. Warping effect. Yeah, it's oldie but a goodie. He was a blitter blow. <laughs> I'll give you guys a clue. I'm just going to give you a line from this movie, and you tell Ooh. me what this number four alien movie is. Oh, here we go. Welcome to Earth. Independence Day. Bingo. Yes. Two points nice. for Pat. Pat didn't even hesitate. <laughs> Will Smith, 1996. Uh, awesome science fiction disaster film. That uh, was, is one known, of my favorite alien movies. Little known fact, he was one of the first people to slap those alien cheeks. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's what he did right there. <laughs> it wasn't Jeff Goldblum in that, too? Yes. He was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that crop duster kind of... Uh, um, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. He flies his crop duster up into the alien ship and blows <laughs> it to smithereens. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Gosh, um, a lot of Brent the, Spiner the, from the, Star Trek. The the guy from Taxi, uh, who who played Alex Rieger. Yes, was it Alex Rieger in yep. Taxi? Um, his name escapes me right now. Yeah, well, I saw I saw the it was either either the sequel or the remake. I think it was a sequel that came out just a couple of years ago. Independence Day, the the next one. Yeah. And uh, right. eh, I hate to say I was wasn't a little, as good. Wasn't as no. good. I yeah. was a little disappointed. Of course, it's hard to beat Will Smith. Right. So at number five, we have Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. We Ooh. have uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial on this list. It's a good one. Good one. The uh, scene where he was like laying dead in the not dead but almost dead in the ditch. Mm. Oh Ooh, yeah. As a kid, that he was all me pale. Up. I was like, ah, it's scary. Raccoons me. were kind of sniffing him a little. I bit. I know. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's sad. Uh, you know that movie was sponsored by Reese's Pieces oh, all day long. <laughs> Reese's yeah. Pieces. Uh, there we go. Men in Black at number seven. That was a fun one. Awesome. Nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith. Was that um, when the first one came out? Was ninety-seven? Ninety-seven. Wow. Yeah. Here's a good one. A uh, little lesser known, perhaps, but The Fifth Element. Do you, yes. Have you guys seen that one? I yes. haven't seen that one. Well, you ha- you've not? Ooh. Also ni- on the list. Also 97. Man, what? 97 was a big year for Aliens. Bruce Willis, uh, Pat. Huh. And yeah, there's this... Oh, it's such a fun movie. Yeah, it's good. Fifth Element. Uh, very uh, kind of futuristic mm-hmm. sci-fi um, Visually really cool looking. Just it, the colors and the s- design. and Just stunning. Yeah, just stunning. Um, then number nine, we have Star Wars Episode Five. Uh, coming in at number ten, we have a, a alien movie called District Nine. Did you guys yep. ever seen this one? I know what the poster looks like, but I never saw it. It's yeah, one right, of my right favorites. There. Yep. Big old yep. mothership hovering over the city. Yep. Uh, came out in uh, two thousand nine, uh, August, and kind of sad yeah. in parts. Basically, it's you know aliens land, humans basically. Uh, take them Segregated. as slaves and segregate. There's a lot of uh, kind of racial and political undertones, and mm-hmm. I think that movie takes place in South Africa. Even yep, the whole thing is set in South Africa, and that's why it has a lot of like you know like accented yeah dialogue that it kind of takes a second for your ear to get used to. But the plot's so good, like all like good deep sci-fi. I think it has a yeah like that socio-political kind of slant and, and district nine almost uh pulls at your heartstrings kind of like the avatar movie did with those aliens because it's one of those movies where 
it, you almost feel like the humans are the bad guys and the aliens are the good guys right. yeah. uh, kind of deal. Coming in at number 11, we have Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ah, oh, yes. uh, Probably Such a good movie. the classic yes. alien movie. That uh, was so good. That came out the year I was born. Uh, ninety, no, yeah, it did. 1977. I was gonna say ninety-seven. Same yeah. as Star Wars. <clears throat> yep, yep. And and once if you see that movie, you just can't get that tune out of your head. No. Do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. When that ship rotates and it looks like a gigantic city, I remember yeah. as a kid just being like mouth hanging open, like. Yeah, and we won't give anything away. Oh, if you haven't seen it since seventy-seven, it's a forty-two-year-old yeah, movie, man. But, I mean, there's got to be a statute of limitations for spoiler alert, right? There needs to be. I, but, I think forty-two is. Yeah. The the, uh, the ending of the movie takes place on top of Devil's Tower in Wyoming. So if you see this movie and then go to Wyoming, you'll look at Dever, Devil's Tower, and it'll never yeah, quite be the same. Right? Gosh, there's so many good movies on here. Total Recall. Um, which I've seen, but not in years. I can't. Uh, I've I, seen that one. I couldn't tell you what kind of aliens are in that particular one. Total Recall is the one where uh, Arnold again, Arnold, yeah, I know goes to Mars. Mars. <laughs> and there's this big like conspiracy between like the uh, the Earth colonists who live on Mars, and because they've been on Mars for so long, they get kind of mutated. And there's all this kind of thing about, about the mutants being treated differently, and they rise up against the normies and. And it's and and then the big thing was that spoiler again. It's like a twenty-year-old movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's this hidden technology on Mars that hints at it being colonized at one point in time, and they activate it somehow. There's some evidence of like these aliens living there, and they activate this technology, and it basically. Um, terraforms Mars into a habitable, breathable environment. I feel that's the premise for a lot of movies, actually. Right. You know, that there used to be life on Mars. And and from what they're discovering nowadays, it, quite literally, they think it was a very Earth-like planet, yep. uh, you know, several million years ago, a couple bi- billion years ago, whatever. Signs coming in at number 15. Ooh. For my money, this is one of the eeriest yeah. movies. And, and is that Bruce Willis it's, again? It's uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson and yep. Joaquin Phoenix. Came out in 2002. M. Night Shyamalan at his best, uh, directing that one. It was creepy because the the aliens in that movie have very little screen time. Yeah. Very little screen time. It's all buildup. It's all eerie happenings. Yep. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite coming in at 16 is uh, Avatar. Oh. Yeah. My favorite movie one. of all time. Right up there with Contact, actually. Dances with Wolves in Space. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. What it was. That's exactly what the plot is. You're right. Uh, Space got, Wolves. This list goes on and on. Contact is in there. I was going to say Contact needs to be That in was there. so good. That's one of my favorites when it comes to aliens. Even though there's, you really don't see any aliens, yeah. but it they kind of allude to it. I think that came out, what, in like 96? 96, yep. I, ninety. Oh, I was wrong, 97. Yeah, ah, 97, close. big year. But based on Carl Sagan's book yep. uh, called Contact. And I'll never forget, when I, I saw that movie in theaters, I happened to be in Nashville, Tennessee, and Ooh. I watched it in a, a theater-style, what do you call that? Uh, stadium? Stadium-style movie theater for the first time ever. It blew me away. <laughs> and yeah, the alien in that movie has very little screen time either. It basically takes the form of her deceased her father on the there. beach. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, X-Files, Pitch Black, Prometheus, Galaxy Quest. Ooh! You like that one, don't you, That's a fun one. That's a fun one. Yes. One of the first movies, sci-fi movies, to take the trope of this was a fictional thing that these other aliens took it to be real and then basically treated these people as if they were actually those people. Right. And made so, them come safer. So it was, it was kind of a spin off of a Star Trek type yeah. movie. Yeah. 
um, these people did a TV show and the aliens picked up their signal and thought, oh, these guys are handy. They could they could help us with our problems. So they came to Earth and recruited them and found out they were just a bunch of actors. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, and it's, yeah, it's a good one. Um, War of the Worlds is on the list. You know uh, what? I, I, I got to say something. So we're, we're talking about uh, Tom... Tom Cruise was Tom in Cruise it. Tom Cruise's yeah. War of the Worlds. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. I, I started watching this show, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where it was so disturbing to me, I turned it off. Yeah. When, when you got these monster machines going over the landscape, basically picking up people, chopping them up into little bits and spitting them out. And they look like big spiders. Yeah. You yeah. know, it big... was it was just, it grossed me out so much, I quit watching the movie. Yeah. Is that what I, happened I never... in it? It's, it's pretty graphic. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing. I don't remember that part. I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's nasty. Ugh. And, and they're huge. I mean, they're like 50-foot tall, robotic metal aliens. They kind of look like spiders, only yeah. they have like two or four legs or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... And the noise that they make, it's almost comparable to like a dinosaur roar, and oh, wow. but like a metallic. Oh, it's just disturbing. Time to wake up. Sorry, <laughs> I shut that alarm off. Uh, and Mars Attacks, Men in Black. It goes on and on and on. Man, uh, Predator, Spaceballs, space Spaceballs. Balls. Uh, anyway, do you guys have a favorite alien movie? Here we go. Interstellar. Well, some of them were, were already mentioned. Um, go a little bit deeper in it, maybe. You know, Independence Light. Day, Contact, right up there for me. Um, trying to super, eight, uh, super 8. You guys remember that? Came yep. out a few years back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Very it, Spielbergian. Yeah. It, it almost kind of sort of reminded me of Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah. If yeah. Stranger Things was a movie, it would yep. it would have been like Super 8, yep. basically. Yeah, the kids were kind of the, the focus in that one, and they were making a movie. And yeah. Anyway, so many good aliens movie, alien movies, um, Transformers even, you know, because there's aliens in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on, and I didn't realize how many alien movies there actually were till I looked at this list. Like, yeah. seen it, seen it, seen it. One of my favorite alien movies that did not get mentioned, uh, with and like what you said, Pat. Most of my, a lot of my favorites are in that list, but uh, this one wasn't. Um, the Last Starfighter. Is yep. one of my favorite. Actually, I just saw that as Andy was, was scrolling through. Yeah, the did they just list off every every alien <laughs> movie ever made? <laughs> it, it's darn near. I'm I'm down to 57, 58. Wow. Flight of the Navigators on there. Come oh, on, yes, that's such a good one. Too. <laughs> Love it. Kid goes missing in 1978 and wakes up five years later. Yeah, as if no time has gone by. Close Encounters is one of my favorites, just because. Um, I think there's there's a lot of build up to that. It's like what are we really dealing with? Right. They 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 touch on flight 19 in that one, mm-hmm. which is a very cool scene. Uh they they kind of show you what happens on the air traffic control side of of a UFO sighting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's that was one of my my favorites when it comes to alien movies. Yeah. Last Starfighter, uh, oh. th- and that might be a little bit lesser known one for some people, especially mm. younger generations. Sure. But um, yeah, you actually uh, do you want to give a little shout out to Star- to Last Starfighters? Oh, I will. Going on? First of all, hello to any Last Starfighters listening out there. <laughs> Help us fight the Kodan Armada. Um, 
Yeah, so first of all, the last Starfighter's movie, the, the last Starfighter movie was I think 1982 or 83, something Sounds like about that. about right. Yeah, kind and, of the arcade era. Yeah, yeah right on the arcade. tail end or no, still right in the heat of it, I think. It yeah. wasn't quite and the notion of it was it's this uh, young man, Alex Rogan. He's uh, born and raised in this like uh, trailer park in Nevada somewhere in the desert of Nevada. And he has higher aspirations. He wants a, a bigger life. And he applies to a college that'll get him out of his home state, and he gets declined. And so when all seems lost, there's this video game, con- like an arcade cabinet in their trailer park called uh, Starfighter. And he goes and he plays it every day as a way to kind of just kind of escape for a little bit from his reality. And his mom owns the place and has him basically running around like fixing all these people's electricity and TV antennas and stuff like that. And he beats the game one day just in a fit of being frustrated and stuff. He goes over to the game, beats it. And it's like, you win, you win, high score. And the, it's a great scene because the whole community like comes and watches him. And it's like, it's like old people high-fiving him. <laughs> Woo, you win! And I'm like, this never happens. No. This is more unbelievable than actually aliens coming down. Like, There's no way you're going to get some baby boomer to come watch you play a game and then high-five you as you're beating it, you know? Yeah. And so he beats the game, and but when he beats the game, the arcade cabinet sends out a signal off into space and alerts the man who put it there, Centauri, um, as a recruiting tool to come and take him and help them fight off these these bad guys. And he kind of looks like a worm. Or he has that kind of like bald, wrinkly kind well, of thing going. Well, he's it? a human man, he looks like, but he has a face He has a face that he kind of puts on over oh, his face. Okay. And Alex sees him out of the corner of his eye, and he has this kind of wrinkly kind of worm face yeah. that he puts his human face back on real quick. <laughs> and it has a lot of like good, quirky, like down-to-earth. It kind of makes you feel like that, like he's a normal American teenager. Uh, it's a little cheesy in spots, but it was also the early '80s. They were still figuring out how to tell these kinds of movies. But yeah. it's a really fun one. So yeah, one of my favorites. And yeah, the Last Starfighters Entertainment Group, uh, which we're kind of a part of, um, it is a collective of um, podcasters and comedians and uh, comic book creators and puppeteers and artists. Artists. And, and the idea is that we uh, will put our strengths together and just um, hang out and do fun things whenever the the inspiration strikes us to kind of combine our forces so a good group of those people were with us when we did our grand investigation yes. in grand island yep yep great group of people creative creative talented individuals basically oh, i mean yeah you get all that group together and it's it's nuts um and anybody might see us share some of their posts and stuff like that so yeah just just stay tuned for any more updates from that well to put a bow on this uh pop culture and the paranormal alien segment uh my recommendation, because everyone's seen Avatar, most people have seen Contact, everyone's seen Men in Black. My recommendation, if you're looking for a lesser-known alien movie, is K-Pax. Uh, K-P-A-X. And it's a movie uh, starring Kevin Spacey. It's a drama. It's about a, um, a guy who goes to a mental institution because people think he's nuts because he claims to be an alien that is visiting our planet, and he, he's quirky, and he's eccentric, and he's very smart, and the psychologist can't figure him out. And the, the more the movie progresses, the more it makes you wonder, okay, is this guy nuts, or is he really from a different planet? Because he has knowledge of constellations and things that he shouldn't know, and it's just really, really well done. So that, that'd be my recommendation if you think you've seen all the Alien movies as K-Pax, but... 
Nice. Uh, we could even do a part two to this uh, alien movie seg- uh, segment here, but let's do it. Yeah, let's do it some other time. But uh, so this uh, concludes our segment, and next uh, is the main course, the main mystery. And Pat, you're up to you're up to bat on this one. I I, I am, and it's coming up right after this. All right, strap yourself in, people. Here we go. Nanu nanu. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> Picture yourself on a boat on a river. No, mm. just kidding. Not a river, an ocean. Ooh, a big ocean. Ocean of doubt. But don't picture yourself there. Picture no one there. Ooh. So what we're talking about today are ghost ships. Dang. Dun, we're, not, dun, dun. We're, we're not talking about ships that are quote unquote haunted or ships that have ghosts on them. Mm. They're ships that just kind of appear out of nowhere. Most of them have a history, but nobody really knows what that history is. Nobody knows what happened to the crews. These are all ships that were found at sea, and their crews are gone. So nobody knows what happened to sea. So there's a ship that's just running adrift. A muck in the ocean. With no crew, no nobody. Some of them for you know years it's been afloat, which, which goes to show you how huge... The oceans are. It's just amazing how long a vessel can be out just floating around. Yeah. And nobody sees it. Nobody knows anything about it. All of a sudden, one day, there it is, and you got a mystery on your hands. And that's one of the things we cover here on Paranormal Dads, Monsters, Myths, and Mysteries. This is it. So this is the mystery portion of the show. It so, makes you wonder, like, it, it makes you realize that when people who are running adrift, like those stories of people who are like in a life raft, yeah, you know, who get found, it's like, how magical and rare is that, that there's probably yeah. even way more people who just never get found. And, mm-hmm. and, and it just goes to show you how immense the yeah. ocean is. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can really appreciate it unless you've actually been out on the open ocean before. I've, I've done it once in my life. We went on a cruise and... You just look out there and you see nothing but water. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And then you look at the propellers in the engine room and you're like, keep going, baby. Yeah. Don't, don't feel <laughs> that's, me that's, now. That's the only thing keeping us alive right now. Yeah. Either that or you got the Coast Guard on, Coast Guard on speed <laughs> dial. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, don't stop working now, man. Yeah. Never do you have such a deeper appreciation of your boat or ship than yeah. when you look and see how big yeah. the ocean is. You're it's like, like just, just stay seaworthy for me for a few more days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up on the coasts, and so we didn't go to the beach every day. That's the big misnomer. Like, you went to the beach every day, didn't you? No. No, like yeah. it's but, like you live in Nebraska. You eat corn every night, don't you? We do. That's the funny part. <laughs> but no, I would. We would go out there probably, you know, you know, once a month or whatever. And yeah, eventually, like you're just used to it. But every so often, you know, not even on a boat or a ship. But I would like even on like a boogie board or a surfboard. You just paddle out far enough, uh-huh. just far enough. To where you, you can you can still see the shore, but you also just see nothing but the yeah. expanse of blue ahead of you, and you're yeah. like, "This is so." And beneath your feet, you can't feel the the sand anymore. It's just more water. You're like, "That's when you turn around, you go back in." Yeah, you're like, "Man, there's just there could be anything underneath my feet right now, nibbling on my toes." Right. <laughs> but but yeah, 
derelict ships just running adrift. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, I mean, A, I mean, and I've read some of these stories where you have cases of, like, there's not even a sign of struggle either. It's just yeah. like they're just gone. It's just... There's no blood. There's no bodies. You know, there's still food on the table. Yeah. Uh, just no sign of, like you say, no sign of disturbance. Um, everything seems to be in working order. It's just an empty ship. It's like... I, I watched a documentary on uh, Travel Channel or something, something like that, and it was a smaller boat, crew of three, but they found it, and they found no no sign of struggle, no blood, no crew. All three guys were gone, and their coffees were still giving off steam. Wow! Whoa! So like something happened, they just weren't there. Like they and the meals were set, you know, sandwiches were made, coffee was piping hot, and the guys are just not there, gone. <laughs> you know, but it makes you wonder also if it happens more in Bermuda Triangle area. I'm not sure, but yeah. So so we'll, we'll go over a couple of these. Um, the first one is a, a ship called SV, and I think that's, I'm guessing that stands for Sailing Vessel. Yeah, I think I so. SV Mary Celeste. Mm. And so after passing Santa Maria Island in the, the Azores on November 25th, 1872. Ooh, 70s. The what last, <laughs> the old, old 70s. <laughs> the last entry on the ship's date, um, uh, slate, I should say, the, the Mary Celeste, a merchant ship, became derelict in unknown circumstances. She was found December 4th, 1872, so maybe a week or so later, uh, between Portugal and the Azores. Uh, the ship was devoid of all crew, but largely intact and under sail, heading uh, towards the Strait of Gibraltar. The lifeboat was missing, but the ship was still in good condition and had plenty of provisions in the hold. The crew of the ship were never found. So, so, so like, why would they take the emergency yeah. what, escape what, pod what, if the main the, mothership still working? The mothership's working fine. Come on. Why would you get in the little boat? What would propel you to get off the boat and take off in a little, you know, dinghy? Something on the boat that you couldn't get off. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, all their food left behind. You know, is just bizarre. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And it, this was a fairly large ship, you know. It's a, it's a large sailing vessel. It looks like it had probably about three large sails on on its main mast, and plus a few extra sails uh, on smaller masts. So, uh, it's a pretty big boat. So, <laughs> That's my boat, the Jenna. <laughs> oh, just just stay tuned for that one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, the the next one is called the Joita. Joita. Uh, it was a merchant vessel that left Samoa on October 3rd, 1955, bound for the Toklau Islands. Hmm. Five weeks later, the ship was found with all 25 passengers missing. The ship's radio was broken, but it was attempting to send out a distress signal. So it, it must have been working to the point where it was you know, sending out a signal, right. but but maybe the main antenna or something was broken, so the signal wasn't going anywhere. Oh, wow. All the life rafts were missing, along with the captain's log, which is another curious thing. Why, he took it with him? Why would he take it with him? But I don't know, take maybe, my book. Maybe that's what the captains do. <laughs> um, as well as all the navigational equipment and firearms kept on the boat uh, were, were gone. An investigation determined the fate of the passengers and the crew to be inexplicable on the evidence submitted at the inquiry. In other words, but, nobody knows what happened to these people. But the people. boat was in good shape still? Uh, the radio ship was broken. Okay. Um, but right. uh, um, you, you, there actually is a picture with this one, and, and it looks kind of uh, 
capsized almost. It, yeah, it it's seen, half half in the water. It's <laughs> so, seen better days. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Captain took his log though. But nobody usually, you know, if your boat's going down, <laughs> this is you know five days later and it's still floating. You, right. You think they'd stay near the main the main boat, but apparently they did not. Um. The next one is the, and this is Japanese, so I'm going to kill it here. But Do it! <laughs> it's the Ru-Un-Maru. Ru Ru-Un-Maru was a Japanese fishing boat that washed away from its mooring uh, in Amori Prefecture by the uh, 2011 uh, earthquake and tsunami that, that hit Japan. Uh, Japanese officials first believed the ship had been destroyed, but eventually... It floated into American waters near Alaska a year later. The U.S. Coast Guard dis- decided to sink the boat uh, to avoid it becoming a navigation hazard, which I think find is kind of funny because it looks like it's still a seaworthy ship uh, in the picture. It looks well rusted, but <laughs> Maybe uh, they were just bored. They're like, "Do it! <laughs> it's like, Here, blow here's it a up. ship, blow it up! Uh, we ain't got nothing to do today. Let's not tow it back to port or anything. Let's just let's just sink it. Let's make it a reef." He's like, you got any extra bullets? I got one. I guess, Let's yeah. Do make it. it a reef. <laughs> make it a reef. So, uh, what a reef. <laughs> so, so now we're going to the other side. We're going to the Atlantic versus the Pacific. The HMS Resolute was a ship of the British Royal Navy that was abandoned in 1854 after being trapped by ice in Viscount Melville Sound, Canada. The ship was on the search expedition to discover the fate of John Franklin, a British explorer who had been lost in the Arctic. After being abandoned, the ship drifted 1,200 miles Ooh. before it was found one year later off the coast, the coast of Baffin Island, Canada. Freed from the ice, wood from the ship was used to make a desk that is now sits in the Oval Office. That's cool. <laughs> the oh Resolute Desk. <laughs> oh, wow. from uh, National Treasure. Yeah. Yeah, from that movie National well, Treasure. There you go. Yeah. One, you of my, go. one of my personal faves, by the way. You no know, aliens, though. So it drifted 1,200 miles. 1,200 miles. There's a lot of ships that can't sail that intentionally, and right. it just kind of wandered, meandered 1,200 miles. But it just goes to show you how unforgiving, uh, you know, the world can be in certain areas where they went out looking to save some guy and they themselves became yeah. a mystery. Yeah, not, yeah not, not only do you get to not save him, you get to get disappeared too. The ship was abandoned and it just left to float 1,200 miles. So. Jeez. It's almost like Flight 19, you know, the famous Flight 19 in yeah. the Triangle. They send a rescue plane, that plane goes down, they send another right. rescue plane, that crew yeah. disappears. There were a couple of planes that disappeared quit sending planes at 19 after a while i just call it a day yeah hot air balloons instead yeah (laughs) uh another one the uh sv bellamica was a classic schooner that was uh found derelict near punta punta volpe sardinia italy in 2006 so this is a ship that was found in 2006, so fairly modern day. But this thing looks, kind of looks like the pirate ship a little bit from uh, the Goonies. Oh, that's Goonies. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it not a does. sailboat. It's a schooner. <laughs> it's a schooner. One-eyed Willie's on there. But uh, the Coast Guard crew that discovered the ship had found half-eaten Egyptian meals, hmm. French maps, and North African French maps of North African seas, and a flag. Of Luxembourg on board. Kind of a bougie crew yeah. there. That's, that's <laughs> pretty eccentric. 
It was briefly believed to be a mysterious antique vessel, but when the owner of the ship was found, a man from Luxembourg, it was discovered that it was a ship that was likely abandoned so the owner could avoid paying taxes on it. Ooh. So what it probably was, it was probably an old ship, but they just took it out to sea, abandoned it, yep. and then it came back to bite them because they were able to identify what the ship was and who it belonged to and figure out this dude wasn't paying his taxes. <laughs> See? That's one way to get around your taxes. Just take it out to sea and sink it. When you want to sink it, it won't. And then when you go look for a lost guy, you get dis- you get disappeared. <laughs> so um, I keep going back to they found an Egyptian meal. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, all it was was a McDonald's Happy Meal with Egyptian <laughs> writing is all it was, right. probably. How they know it was Egyptian? This Big Mouth from Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Sphinx Burger. <laughs> Um, the sailing vessel Carol A. Deering um, was a five cargo five was a five masted cargo schooner that was spotted with its crew when passing through Cape Lookout Lightship, North Carolina, on January twenty eighth, nineteen twenty one, while it was traveling from Rio de Janeiro back to Norfolk, Virginia, after delivering a cargo of coal. Um, she was found abandoned three days later off the North Carolina coast. The ship's lifeboats and log book were missing. Again, <laughs> they take that Weird. book with them. And the disappearance has been hypothesized to have been caused by weather conditions, pirates, and even communists. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> even worse, pirate communist <laughs> Communist pirates. <laughs> <laughs> pirate communists. Still, pirate communist weathermen. Still, there's no conclusion to what happened to them. So these guys were coming all the way from Rio de Janeiro. They get as far as North Carolina. They were going going to Virginia. And just in that short time from North, North Carolina to Virginia, something happens aboard, and they all disappear, and the ship is found floating by itself. Commie pirates. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> Commie pirates. Arr, there's no individual, matey. We're all one under the sun. <laughs> all right. So um, this one's kind of cool. This is, you know, you were talking about the little boat with three men. And I it, wonder it if this this could be. This is the Kaz 2. Yep, that's that's the one. That's one that I saw the documentary about. So we're, this, were they a butcher and baker and a candlestick maker? <laughs> that's my only... The sailing... Vessel Kaz 2 was a 12-meter catamaran. So this is a, a fairly little boat, and it looks, you know, fairly new. It, oh, yeah, it's pretty it, modern. It just looks like, you know, something you would see in a port, you know, in Hawaii or Florida yeah. that belonging to somebody who's fairly well off that yeah. takes it out for a joyride every now and then. It even has, it looks like, solar panels on Ooh. it. So, you know, it's a fairly new ship. Uh, it was sailing in Australia with a three-man crew in 2007. She was found drifting... 88 nautical miles off the coast of Australia five days later. The boat was in good, perfect condition, except for one sail that had been shredded. Investigators never found the three men, but they hypothesized that they may have ended up in the ocean while trying to untangle a fishing lure caught in the boat's rudder. And the choppy water may have been, uh, and in the choppy water, may have been unable to get back on the boat. So, so, yeah, the, uh, so the three of them are trying to clear the the motor that may have been well. They they kind of they kind of did a reenactment on the show that I watched. They're like they they you know had a theory that one of the guys for whatever reason went overboard. You know whether it was to free a, a cable or he was just goofing around or what have you. 
guy number two bends over, reaches down to grab his hand to help him get back into the boat. Winds change, sail changes, knocks guy number two in the back. Suddenly he's in the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say guy number three, uh, you know, panicked and rather than throw the the uh, life preservers in there, jumped in to save them. And while he's in there trying to save them, the boat goes off on its own. Right. So they're almost they're almost theorizing that it was just like literally a perfect storm of unfortunate incidents, and suddenly all three of them are in the water, boat's gone. You know, it it kind of reminds me of the movie Castaway and mm-hmm. how just kind of how the ocean and the ocean currents work because he gets out there, he gets mad or something, throws Wilson or Wilson falls off the, off his little raft that he created. Yep. Wilson, the volleyball falls off, mm-hmm. goes floating away. He panics since he's gr- become attached to Wilson, jumps in the water, starts swimming after him, mm-hmm. realizes he's not going to be able to catch it and decides I better get back to the boat or I'm going to die. Right. And he does, but it, you know, it's just in that scene. It just goes to show you how those currents, yep. how quickly they can separate people oh, yeah. or or ships or, or things from you. Yeah, and it's if a, you're not, yeah, if you're not even remotely able to kind of com- combat that at all, you're you're going to get exhausted by the time you yeah. even get to that person. Yeah, uh, that's some heartbreaking. <laughs> Makes me want to stay on land. Ah. <laughs> So we're not going on a cruise anytime soon. Probably. Well, thankfully, we're about as far from an ocean as you can get in this country. There is no ocean. <laughs> we're in middle, middle Nebraska. But now that you mention it, should we? Is now a good time to talk about the paranormal dad's cruise that we're planning? We should. Oh, oh no, <laughs> we should reserve your spot now <laughs> on the ghost ship. <laughs> so. Uh, it makes me wonder, though, how much of this is pirate activity? Like, with well, all, yeah. all kidding aside, the, like I was. Reading that that piracy has become a huge oh, yeah. thing, and it, it makes you yeah. I mean that that would explain a lot that they they march people off the boat and take them wherever they're going to take them, and yeah. either for slavery or ransom or whatever they're going to do with them. You figure they keep the boat or you ship. Would, you would, you but maybe for them it's just too much trouble. Yeah, I know you think modern day pirates. You think uh, Somalia. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, with uh, what was that Tom Hanks movie? Um, uh, Captain Captain uh, Captain Ron? No, that's Captain. A different. <laughs> Just a Captain Hook. <laughs> Captain. Cap- God, what was this? What was that? That's driving me nuts. You look it up. I'll look it up. And then Captain that, that was, was a good movie. Captain Ron was with Kurt <laughs> Russell. Captain Ron was awesome, dude. Yes, that's the Captain, Captain we want. Which I think there was a pirate scene in that movie too, though. Movie book. Here, here, here's another one. It was the SS Bechimo. SS Bechimo was a steel hold, thirteen thousand. Ton oh, wow. cargo steamer used to trade provision for pelts in into its settlement settlements along the Victoria Island coast of Canada. In October first, nineteen thirty-one, at the end of a trading run and loaded with cargo of fur, Bechimo became trapped in a park in in packed ice and was abandoned by its crew. Despite being unmanned, the ship eventually broke free from the ice and continue, continued to be spotted floating around Alaska. Throughout the 1930s, she was last spotted in 1969, 38 years after she was abandoned, still intact and seaworthy. Whoa! So that's so crazy that they see the ship and they can identify it, yet nothing is done to secure it or bring it in. They just let it let it go. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the theories you got to throw out there: a portal. Did they mm-hmm. get sucked into a portal? Did was it pirates? Yep. Was it? 
Um, everyone ate some bad food and lost their mind and just jumped overboard. Ooh. Or was it, you know, aliens? Try, you know, <laughs> beam sucked them right up into outer space. I'm a fan too. I know I keep going into portals. I keep like well, that's like my go-to. Well, this th- this particular one, the crew, it was abandoned by the crew because it was stuck in the ice. I see. And so they 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 got off somehow, and then left the ship to be frozen in the ice, and yep. then eventually it broke free and it just wandered around for the next around. forty some years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I I do. I know I mentioned portals a lot, but I do think about like the ocean and just. And I was reading a thing too recently about. There is a thought that beneath the Bermuda Triangle, there is some sort of structure that might be ripping open portals and causing some sort of like electromagnetic disturbance every so, every so often too. It's not like persistent, mm. but like it comes and goes. So it just makes me wonder about the ocean in general and just all these weird, not even just these disappearances, but like just weird bonkers things people see. I wonder about there being rifts into other dimensions that that maybe. In a weird way, people just get kind of sucked into. I mean, the ocean's a perfect spot for any sort of uh, monster myth or mystery. I mean, our planet's 70% water. It's so deep. It's so dark. It's so cold. Uh, we can't get there. Most of the ocean's inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And I know you've heard it a thousand times, but you know, we know more about the surface of the, of the moon than we do about the bottom of our own oceans. So, I don't know. If you're on a, if you're on a ship, make sure it's seaworthy. <laughs> did, did you figure out the Tom Hanks movie? Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Ah, not Captain Ron. Captain Ron is a great movie, though. <laughs> this this uh, this episode's turning into the Tom Hanks episode because, you know, before we had Captain Phillips, we were talking about uh, uh, Castaway. Castaway, and now the one you mentioned earlier, the Jenny. <laughs> the Jenny. This is Hanksgiving. <laughs> this is my ship, the Jenny. Hanksgiving. <laughs> this is actually a ship called Jenny. Oh my oh. gosh! Really. Jenny was an English schooner which left port from the Isle of Wight in uh, 1822. Hmm. It was discovered by the whaling vessel The Hope 18 years later, frozen solid in the Drake Passage, the body of water between South America's Cape Horn and the South Shetland Islands of Antarctica. So it was a long, long way from home. Hmm. On the schooner... Were the dead bodies of the crew oh. preserved by the cold climate surrounding it? Eee. So Jenny took a little, <laughs> took a look, little voyage down south and Flash went a little, frozen. little too far south. Oh. But uh, took care of her crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys man. just sleep. But that was the th- first thought when I saw this ship. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. I'm going Jen- to. <laughs> It's the Jenny. Jenny, don't kill the crew, Jenny. <laughs> we got about 14 Jennies now. <laughs> I must have drank me about 15 Dr. Pepper's. Oh, All right, just a couple more here. Uh, sailing ves- vessel Ocean Wave. And I use that term vessel very lightly. This is actually a <laughs> a one-man vessel. Yes! It basically looks like a bathtub with a sail. That's it was my a, kind of boat. It was a flat earther who made it, right? <laughs> I'm going to yeah. prove the oceans are flat. <laughs> uh, this It was uh, designed by Dutch con- conceptual artist Baz Jan Adder. Uh, this pocket... Cru- I, love, I take the bathtub and I put the sail on it, yeah. <laughs> they call it a pocket cruiser. And you could fit this thing in your pocket. That sounds like it's something from an adult toy shop. I'm sorry. The pocket cruiser. <laughs> the pocket cruiser. Jeez, come on. Uh, don't don't what, pee in the boat. You'll sink it. It's so tiny. Uh, <laughs> it was designed for his trip from Massachusetts to the Netherlands 
in an attempt to cross the Atlantic in the smallest boat ever. <laughs> Adder was an accomplished sailor, but 10 months after his departure, the boat was discovered floating upside down. And I laugh. I shouldn't be laughing, but floating upside down 200 miles due west of Land's End, England, by fishermen. The boat was stolen soon afterwards, leaving little evidence of it. Although it was believed, uh, though it is believed Adder fell overboard and his lifeline was ripped out in heavy weather. So if you guys look at this, we'll, we'll have to post this on the website, but this thing is... Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust that to take that across Carter Lake. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tiny <laughs> oh, little no. thing. It looks like a bathtub almost. And, go uh, in the tiny boat. You might not float. <laughs> looks like a little pup tent with a sail. It, so. looks, like, it looks like a thing at like a, an amusement park. Those little uh, boats you were at Disney World. <laughs> and lastly, uh, the ship called the High Aim 6 Ooh. was a Taiwanese ship that was discovered without its crew drifting in Australian waters on January 9, 2003. There was no evident reason for the abandonment and no signs of distress were found with the crew's personal effects still on board. Uh, the Taiwanese police said that the ship was abandoned because of a mutiny and arrested one person in connection with the crime back in the country. (laughs) You don't hear that word very often. (laughs) You don't. It was a mutiny. Yes. Swashbuckling buccaneers. So, um, yeah, there was a mutiny and they all left the ship. So, Hmm. anyway, there you go. Bunch of uh, strange ships floating around the ocean. It kind of runs the gamut, though. Like, everything from what would be just pure, like, unfortunate accident to, you know, nefarious. right. To, yeah, pirates. To who knows what. So, yeah, abductions of sorts. Well, and then there's those cases of those ghost ships. It's not like a crew. It's not like there's no crew on board, but it's almost like these translucent, foggy kind of ships from a distance. Right. Yep. And then, and then poof, they just disappear. Almost like it's a time slip. They... They're straight out of the 16 or 1700s, you know. And you could go there with this. You know, I pretty much stuck to actual ships that were found, but uh, there is a whole long, long list of, of ships that uh, are often seen in certain places of, of the world, like you say, in the fog, or they appear every 30 or so years. Uh, people don't know what they are or why they're out there, but they... You know, they, they've become the thing of legend. Um, and and some that are, you know, you can't even tell if they're solid or not. They're just kind of almost apparitions mm-hmm. out at yep. sea. Yep. Yep. Spooky. I've yeah. read of cases where there's been there's been other ships fly, flagging down the ship that they see visually. And then as they get closer, they see that it's not there or, yeah. it's, or, or it is trans, translucent and then fades away. The ocean man, that's that's where a lot of paranormal stuff happens for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many mysteries and so many strange things out there and you know, they just c- continue to discover things that uh that go on underwater mm. in the depths. Ugh. Well, thanks for it's rounding amazing. up that main mystery, Pat. All right. Thank you all for listening to Paranormal Dads. Uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Well, thanks to everyone at freesound.org for providing us with sound effects and music for this episode. And as always, stay tuned to uh, past the wrap-up music for bloopers and uh, kind of our gag reel that we like to do. <laughs> Shenanigans, behind-the-scenes uh, behind kind of things that take place. Bloopers and practical jokes.
Waka waka. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this one, guys. We'll uh, we'll get another one ready for you. And uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Bye. Until next time. on your face i have a five-year-old daughter dude my whole <laughs> life my whole life is a glitter bomb that's true what do you expect that's true civilance civilance it looks so squatchy back there now that the trees are all civil gone. disobedience yeah. I was civil looking. disobedience <laughs> test rage uh, rage against uh, the rage, machine rage rage <clears throat> paranormal dads coming at you strong Strong odor. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Can you smell me for real? No, dude, totally joking. <laughs> I, I was joking. I'm I can't so smell you. I'm so self-conscious.